Welcome to the Faith and Money podcast. I am Crystal Wampler and the CEO of Kinethics. I'm joined today by my co-host, Keith Connolly, who is a CFP and Certified Kingdom Advisor. Keith has a bachelor's from Moody Bible Institute and a master's of divinity from Westminster Seminary in California. He received training in financial planning from the Ron Blue Institute at Indiana Westland University. Keith specializes in providing expert biblical and financial advice to businesses, churches, and ministers. How is business looking in 2023, Keith? Well, let me put it to you this way, Crystal. It's probably a bit warmer than the rest of the country, with the exception of Southern California. Oh, yeah. Well, Colorado is quite cold itself. We have a winter front coming through. It just snowed seven inches last night. Has it snowed in California yet? I mean, in, in the mountains it has, but, you know, here in sunny Southern California, we suffer from 60 degree winters. So, uh, you know, it, it, we don't get that much snow here in Orange County. I was looking on the weather app and my family is all fr from Pennsylvania. And I saw that on Friday, it's supposed to be 50 degrees. And on Saturday, it's supposed to be 15. So a big drop and you know, I have a lot of friends who live in Montana or Wyoming and Colorado, and they're like negative degree Fahrenheit. So, you know, it, it's cold. But yeah, I mean, business is getting a bit warmer than that. Uh, you know, we're, we're working to have a really strong year, helping a lot of Christians with their financial uh, plans and, and positions and finding solutions from with them that honor the Lord. Uh, Next year, we will be releasing a website for the firm and rebranding. Uh, and it's been really fun to talk to a lot of prospective clients who are stepping up and, and looking for advice. You know, I had some folks in Texas and Tennessee and Arizona reaching out. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, business is good and, and it's really fun to see who the Lord brings in my path. Amen. I am so happy to hear that, Keith. So Faith and Money is a podcast where we discuss the relationship of money, wealth, and generosity with the Bible. The goal of this podcast is to equip believers in Jesus Christ to honor the Lord with their wealth. Proverbs 3.9, there are over 2,300 verses in the Bible on this topic. We want to hear from our listeners with your questions and comments on the biblical view of money, wealth, and generosity. You can reach the Faith and Money podcast at Faith and Money Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, in 2023, you can expect some great interviews on the podcast, which will include pastors, theologians, and believers who are finance and legal experts. We're going to be bringing on business owners who are faith based and providing you with great content interviews uh, with a really great topics. So, really hope that you'll continue to join us. And if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can get all future content through your email. Crystal, go ahead and, and read us our question of the day. Sure, Keith. Today's question of the day is from Phil in San Diego, California. He writes, I'd like to go back to school to get my RN so that I can earn more money to support my family, but I do not have the money to pay for it out of pocket. Should I take out student loans? Oh boy, Phil, that's a big question. 
there's a lot of things that really go into that question, such as, you know, how much money are you making now? And, you know, how much would your income increase by taking that position as a registered nurse? Uh, you know, registered nurses are, are quite in quite high demand. And so you might be really able to get a good paying job. So I don't know what you're making now, but you may make a substantial amount of money. The other thing that you might want to consider is, you know, where you go to school. I don't know if you already have any degree, uh, but, you know, might want to start out at a community college if you haven't gotten those general ed out of the way, paying those out of cash, out of with those with cash out of pocket might cost you maybe $2,000 a year and some schools uh, in community colleges are actually free. Uh, so that, those are some things to consider. Going to a public versus a private school is another thing to consider. Uh, a profit or a nonprofit school, meaning a, a profit school tends to have a bit higher tuition uh, and, and there's some problems there as well that you might wanna consider. And then a nonprofit school, uh, which would typically either be a private uh, college or, or a government university, uh, is going to perhaps maybe have a bit of a stronger program. But you also want to consider where you're going to work as an RN. If you can you know, work in a, in a nonprofit employer, such as a children's hospital or, or, or for the government, you may be able to get those loans forgiven in, this, in 10 years. Whereas if you were to work at a, at a private practice uh, or for a, a for-profit entity, you're gonna have to pay for those loans out of pocket. So there's really no way that I can answer your question in entirety, Phil, but hopefully that gives you some things to consider. If you have any questions on that, feel free to reach out uh, and we can discuss your specific situation. Wonderful. Thank you for that, Keith. Today, we're going to give our listeners some money tips for the end of 2022. Before we begin, however, nothing here should be taken as a recommendation. We do not know you or your situation. Every person is different and not at all recommendations will apply to you. Talk to your financial advisor, tax professional attorney, if you have questions about your situation. Okay, so with that out of the way, our first recommendation is about your flexible savings and health savings accounts. Oh boy, I'm really glad those disclosures are done, Crystal, thank you. You know, flexible savings accounts and health savings account are, are really tremendous uh, vehicles. And, and the biggest difference is that a flexible savings account that money in those accounts needs to be used by the end of the year. They don't carry over from one year to the next, whereas health savings accounts, they do. Uh, and with flex, flexible savings accounts, if you have money in that, you know, this is the time of year where you should maybe go ahead and get that root canal or buy those eyeglasses or find some way thing, you know, with your specific situation to spend that money on, on a qualifying expense because it's a use it or lose it kind of scenario. A health savings account is a different animal. I, I, love, I love health savings account, but in order to qualify for one, you need a health deductible, a high deductible health insurance plan. Yeah, but I think the deductibles for these plans are like 77,000 for an individual and almost double like 14,100 for a family, aren't they? Right, so you can only have a health savings account if you have a high deductible 
uh, insurance plan, which means that you, for an individual, they need to have a $7,000 deductible or, or double that for a family. Uh, what that means is that you will need to have a health insurance plan where you're going to be paying up to $7,000 or $14,000 for anything like uh, co-pays and uh, other, other payments, you know, to go to the doctor. And if you meet that criteria, then uh, the insurance company would be paying the rest. So these are for families who have low medical expenses. Uh, and and you only can have a health savings account if you have this kind of health insurance plan. Uh, and and it's, they're really great because you get a tax deduction to fund them. And if you take them out during your, your working years before you're 59 and a half, and you use them for a qualifying expense, such as you know, braces or, or, or some medical procedure, you can take it out tax-free. So that's a really great benefit. You go tax deferred in, tax-free out. I mean, that's a fantastic benefit. And then once you're older in retirement, if you have that money saved up and invested and it's grown, you can take it out as a, as a taxable income later in retirement. So they're really phenomenal uh, savings accounts for health expenses if you meet the criteria to have one. Wow. Who doesn't like tax deductions? What other types of accounts should we consider funding before the end of the year? Well, if you have a employer-sponsored retirement plan and, and you want to get some more tax deductions, you want to mm -hmm. consider whether or not it makes sense for you to put more money in before the end of the year. So that would be, you know, your 401k or your simple IRA, maybe your traditional IRA if you have an individual retirement account. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're funding that uh, sufficiently to get some tax deductions. Yeah, but should people consider a Roth conversion before the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, these questions kind of go hand in hand. A Roth conversion is taking a tax deferred vehicle such as a traditional IRA and moving it from a traditional to a Roth IRA by paying the taxes today. Uh, and that may be something that people want to consider. And uh, there's a lot of things that go into that. Uh, making those decisions and, and typically that that those decisions need to be made in conjunction with someone's tax professional to make sure that they're not putting themselves in a new tax bracket. Uh, the other thing is that they want to consider are they going to be in a higher tax bracket in retirement than they are now. Uh, and, and, and it's really different for everyone, but I would say that if someone is younger say, you know, 45 and younger, chances are that if they save a significant amount of money, they're going to pay a higher tax in the future. Why do I say that? Just look at our gross, our, 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 our deficit in this country. It's over 100% of the GDP. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to have to pay that. I don't know when tax rates are going to go up, but my my assumption is, and I'm not the only one who says this, uh, that tax rates will be going up in the future. Uh, and this isn't some pie in the sky. This isn't, you know, someone crying wolf. I, I really, truly believe that. And tax rates have been double than they are now. So if you can pay the taxes now to pay less later, 
or pay zero later with the Roth conversion, that's something that you may want to consider doing. You know, another, another type of vehicle that you might want to fund is a college savings plan or a 529. And families can put in up to $16,000 a year in those. Now that's all tax deferred or after tax money, meaning you don't get a tax deduction in most states for funding them. In California, where I am, there's no tax deduction or a state tax deduction to fund it. But any growth in that that is taken out for qualified uh, expenses for school can be taken out tax-free. And, and so you would wanna fund that every year at an appropriate amount for your child or grandchild. So, but you would wanna do that before the end of the year if you wanna get in your 2022 contribution. That's a great tip. Um, Keith, so not everyone is funding a retirement or education plan. Some people are living on their investments because they're retired. What do they need to do before 1231? Yeah, I mean, everyone's situation is different. We can't cover every single uh, tip, but you know, here, here's a tip for people who have an old 401k or an IRA uh, and they're 72 or older, you're required to take out what the government calls required minimum distributions. I call them required minimum depletions. And if you haven't taken out your uh, your required distribution at this point, and you are at least 72 years old, you need to do that before the end of the year or face some pretty stiff and severe penalties. When you say stiff and severe penalties, what does that look like? could be, you know, as much as 50% of the distribution you were required to take could go to the government. Holy cow. Wow. That's good to know. So they should definitely get that done before the end of the year. They have just a few days left. I remember one pastor I talked to several years ago, you know, he was in his mid seventies and he had, you know, not a whole lot of money, but he had a little bit of a nest egg and an IRA. And he was just saving it to take out for later. And he was 75 years old and he hadn't ever taken a distribution. And I, and I told him that he's going to want to talk to his CPA about how to, you know, figure out that problem. And, and there's just a <laughs> lot of people that don't know. They don't know that, you know, they, they figure they don't need an advisor and, and they want to do this on their own, but they don't know what they don't know. And he was completely shocked and blindsided when I told him that he was likely going to be facing some pretty severe penalties. I bet. So what are some other strategies that we can use to either save money on taxes or use our wealth to bless other people? Yeah, I mean, a great question. If you have any desire to be at all generous, you want to make sure that you get your generosity, uh, you know, kick taken in, out of your system before the end of the year. I mean, we can be generous anytime, but this is a great time to plan for great, you know, massive uh, generosity. Uh, get your charitable giving in before the end of the year and get that tax deduction. Now, it's not a one for one tax deduction, but you're going to reduce your taxable income with. Uh, some charitable giving. So if you haven't given as much as you'd like to your church or to some other charity, this is the time to do it. 
So consider giving to a rescue mission, food bank, or some sort of ministry that is helping people in need is a great thing to consider this time of year. Not only is it really a great time to think about it, but a, a lot of people believe that we're about to go into a recession. And when recessions come, charitable giving typically goes down, meaning rescue missions and other mercy-based ministries are not going to receive as many gifts. But the problem is that during recessions, there's going to be more people in need. And so if you have a bent or a desire for charitable giving, maybe giving a little bit more to some of these ministries might be a good thing to consider at this time because there's going to be more people in need. So how do you figure out, Keith, who to give to and where? That's a great question. You know, generosity is such a, is such a fun thing to talk about with clients. And, and I believe that ultimately our first place to give is to our local church. Uh, and we can have a whole episode on, on tithing uh, at a future time. But I believe that giving to your church is first and foremost the top priority. Uh, and, and once you get past that, uh, if someone doesn't have a, a passion or someone that they, they desire to give to, I usually make some recommendations of charities that I know um, and I'm passionate about. But usually when I talk to clients, my first order of business is to ask them, well, what do you care about? Uh, and, you know, people care about anything from, you know, rescue missions to dog shelters to you know, any number of, of 501c3 types of charities. It's really about things that you care about. I mean, if, if for me, I care about uh, theological ministry. And so I, get, I like to give money to, to theological education. Uh, and I care about adoptive families and, and, and legal nonprofits helping believers. But that's what I'm passionate about. The question is, what does what does the client care about? Right. And, and what is the best way to be charitable? There are more ways to be charitable than just writing a check. Uh, we can have a whole episode, and we will do this in the future, on ways to be charitable other than just giving cash. But we're not going to get into that today. So, so I mean, there's about, a lot of other ways to be charitable other than just giving or, or giving to a charity. You know, there's ways to give uh, gifts to families and heirs that may make sense. Uh, and it doesn't have to cause a whole lot of taxes. Uh, did you know, Crystal, that any individual can give up to $16,000 a year to someone without it being considered a taxable gift? Wow, I did not know that. So, you know, it, it gets really interesting when you have a married couple giving money. If my wife and I wanted to give $16,000 to our child and to our child's spouse, now my children aren't married, they're kids, but if, if in the future we wanted to give a gift to our child and to our child's spouse, I could give $16,000 to my child. My wife could give $16,000 to our child. And then I could give $16,000 to my child's spouse. 
and to my and then my wife could give sixteen thousand dollars to my child's spouse. So you know, there's many ways to give with um, out it be considered a, a gift tax issue. Now, this is something that maybe a lot of our our, our listeners have never heard of or thought about, but uh, gift tax is a real issue, and, and it's something that came about in the 1930s because the IRS saw people giving people with wealth giving away their wealth during their life to avoid state tax issues. And the government doesn't like too much of a good thing. Uh, and so while I can give, you know, a certain amount of money every away every year, the government will cap how much I can give over the life of my lifetime. And you can give, you know, $16,000 to whoever you want. I mean, if you, if, I mean, really, if you wanted to go out and out on the street of New York City or maybe Los Angeles, I don't recommend this, but hand out $16,000 to each homeless people you find, you can do that. You can give it to your neighbor, to, you know, your, your nieces and nephews, to your grandchildren. Uh, but you just got to know that uh, you're going to have a maximum amount that you can give over your lifetime. And, and right now that amount is somewhere around $12 million a year over your lifetime. Uh, and if you're gonna do that, then it give you know, a large amount of money to people over the course of your lifetime. When you give that gift, you need to file what we call an IRS form 709. And that's basically just to track your giving to make sure that you don't go over that $12 million amount. Um, but you also need to consider things like generation skipping tax, and we don't really need to get into the nuts and bolts in that. We'll have, well, maybe we'll have Clayton on sometime to talk about that. Um, but, you know, giving wealth from one generation and skipping another, the, genera the next generation to give to the next, and maybe like grandparents give to grandchildren, you really need to be careful with that just because it may cause um, some taxable issues, even if it meets that $16,000 criteria. So if that's something that you're interested in, listeners, you really need to talk to your tax professional and, and your attorney. Uh, and so I would, I would point you there. But those are some things to consider. Uh, it, you know, it, you could give um, property such as maybe a, a, a expensive car or home below value and, and have that not, and have that not be considered a taxable event if you meet the right criteria. But again, it really just takes the proper type of planning. The proper type of estate planning and, and preparing. Yep. You know, but most people won't ever get anywhere close to giving 12 million away. But we also recommend to our listeners that the Christmas and New Year time of year is a great time to consider doing an overview of your financial situation like bank and savings accounts, investment statements, estate plan reviews, insurance reviews. And don't forget to review, review your beneficiaries of all of your accounts. Yeah, I mean, just go ahead and, and make a binder of all of your bank and savings accounts and your investments and just kind of map where you're at. And you might have some questions or things that you find that you need to address. And this is just a good time to do it. And it's important that 
you know, every now and again, you review all of your statements and your accounts and your and your insurance policies to make sure that your beneficiary is up to date. If your beneficiary is, for example, already passed away, you need to choose a new beneficiary. Uh, or if maybe you're divorced and your ex-spouse is a beneficiary of an investment account, you want to change that because uh, that's how that's who that account will go to. Uh, if you were to pass away. So those are some, you know, it's just a really good time of year to make sure that you're doing some of those things that you might not have ever considered. Uh, and, and once you do that, we do recommend that you just come up with some reasonable goals. And I'm, and, you know, thinking about, you know, do building your emergency fund, for example, or maybe you need to save more in investments in 2023, or maybe you need to plan out some giving strategies. I mean, there's any number of things that you can do, but if you need any questions with, if you have any questions with those things, you know, we'd love to, to talk to you and, and see if we could be of any value to, to you on those types of things. You know, this kind of reminds me, Keith, of the roadmap that you actually do with your clients. Yeah. Yeah. We do a, a 60 to 90 minute appointment with all prospective clients, helping them understand how their values relate to their uh, money decisions, and then we map out all of their uh, financial documents on one page, and it's been really, really powerful. Thanks for mentioning that, Crystal. You're welcome. And is that complimentary to each client? Yes, I do that for free of charge. Oh, wow. That's an amazing service. Well, that's all we have today. We thank you for listening to the f and podcast. This will be <laughs> our last episode in 2022. We are so grateful for our growing subscriber list and wish that you all have a Merry Christmas and a fantastic new year. We pray for God's blessings upon you in this celebratory time of year. Don't forget to send your questions and comments to faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to receive future content. Go Penn State in the Rose Bowl. Woohoo! <laughs> awesome. We'll see you next year. Yeah, see you next year. See y'all next year.